Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our sixth episode of The Differentiator, what it takes to get into B-School, powered by Crimson MBA. I'm your host, Jeremy Krell, and we're here to talk about how ordinary people like me and you can get extraordinary results when applying to, going through, and graduating from B-School. We have a silly and fun tradition here on The Differentiator where I ask my guests to prepare a challenge for me to face during our episode. Today, our guest asked me to prepare how I would redo or go through my uh, my MBA and advice for prospective students. So I will I will answer that during the conversation today. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Daisuke. I had the pleasure of working with him previously as his senior strategist and MBA admissions consultant uh, on his B school applications. Daisuke went to undergrad at uh, Osaka Public University, majoring in, in aerospace engineering, and did uh, his master's there as well. Uh, he also uh, worked at IBM for three and a half years and Siemens for 1.5 before then choosing to pursue a master's at Solvay Business School, majoring uh, in management. So without further ado, over to Daisuke to introduce himself. Okay. Uh, hi, Jeremy. Uh, it's been a while and uh, thank you very much for kind introduction. And I'm very happy to see you again. And uh, so my introduction is, uh, I'm Daisuke Atarashi uh, from Japan, uh, but currently living in Belgium, uh, Brussels. And uh, as uh, Jeremy kindly introduced, I graduated uh, uh, Osaka Public University, uh, majoring in aerospace engineering and uh, uh, continued the same study in the, uh, grad school in the, at the same university. And uh, uh, during the uh, master, I luckily got the government uh, internship program, uh, uh, which is uh, uh, funded by Japanese government and the uh, European Commission. So I could uh, do internship in Europe, and uh, uh, which was uh, actually in Belgium. That's why uh, I still uh, have a connection to Belgium. And so what I did in Belgium uh, was uh, uh, like student researcher in our the division of Siemens. And uh, actually I did uh, like uh, autonomous driving system development. And uh, after that, I luckily also uh, got a job uh, from the company in Japanese branch. So I could work uh, for 1.5 years in the company. But uh, during the uh, career, I had some uh, thoughts in my career uh, because I'm rather interested in uh, technology itself, but also but uh, interested in um, how the technology can be used in business situation. So that's why I switched to switch the, uh, switch the, my career from uh, engineer to uh, like a strategy consultant. And I luckily got the job again in IBM in, in Japan. And uh, I worked as a strategy consultant for 3.5 years. Uh, I still have a, a strong passion in aerospace engineering, but uh, I couldn't have uh, any opportunity to work in aerospace industry in, in IBM. So I started uh, pro bono activities, which I still doing. And the pro bono activity 
is related to space uh, business promotion in Japan. And uh, currently, I work for, for them as an independent consultant. Perfect. Thanks, Suzuki. Really great. Uh, and thank you for, for the thorough thorough background. I want to go through that background, you know, somewhat methodically here, because I think there are a lot of lessons learned for, uh, for our audience. Um, so, you know, one of the, the, the pieces, you know, is that, you know, you were, you had this successful career, you're consultant for IBM, big known company and engineer for Siemens. These are very, you know, well-known, respected, institutions and and positions that you had but at some point you felt that there was a disconnect right you sort of and and Mm -hmm. from what it seems like you sort of said Mm -hmm. i studied one thing and i studied that thing aerospace engineering because i'm passionate about it i started doing another thing right i had to get a job i Mm -hmm. had to make money i had to start building my career and my life and be independent right like the rest of us do but you caught that disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, by the way, you know, fail to start because they can't get over that disconnect and find the right position. A lot of people don't realize this disconnect until, you know, 20 years into their career or 30 years into their career and have this sort of midlife crisis, if you will, trying to figure out what am I doing, right? You, you on the other hand, kind of caught it at what I would call really the prime time, Right. You got a little bit of experience, this this five years of experience in, you know, some big firms and in and in really respected institutions. But then, you know, kind of put a hard line in the sand, so to speak, and said, that's great. I got that experience now in these big companies. I started my career. I've sort of proven myself a little bit, but it's time for me to get back to what I'm really passionate about. Right. So tell us about that. That is a hard thing for people to do, to be introspective like that and, and look retrospectively at what you've done and reflect and decide what you want to do differently moving forward. Can you talk us through that sort of, that, that decision process? When did it, you know, at, you're working at the big, you know, one of those big companies, at some point it started, you know, to come into your mind, it started to become top of mind, I'm going to have to make a change, Right. Where did that where did that idea inception uh, come from? Yeah. How did it grow and fester, you know, into something that you then felt you had to act on? Can you talk us through kind of the the mental thought process and decision making process that actually caused you to make a change there? <laughs> I see. I also uh, have thought thought about this uh, during uh, Jeremy's session uh, in MBA preparation. And I think in my bottom of heart, <laughs> I think I had the trauma that uh, in the past I failed the uh, entrance exam of uh, my university, uh, I mean, in uh, undergrad. And uh, my uh, high school classmates uh, got a very nice uh, university, and I always felt uh, <laughs> behind them. Uh, that's why I always uh, try to improve my uh, path. And uh, that's why I always try uh, uh, new things uh, that they don't do or they, uh, they can do. So, and uh, as an example of this, uh, I did the internship in Europe. And uh, uh, through the internship, I really had a 
really had a very good time in overseas. And uh, like also, I had a very nice supervisor who is actually a, a working for McKinsey uh, at uh, this moment. And uh, I really admire him and the uh, way of thinking. And uh, and uh, I'm kind of, uh, I, I kind of think I, I, I wanted to be like him uh, in the future. So that's why uh, may, maybe I start thinking uh, biz, business school or like consulting job. Yeah, and so uh, a short answer is uh, in my bottom heart, I, I was very traumatized <laughs> uh, in the entrance exam. And I, I want to overcome the tra- trauma through the success uh, uh, of, of something. Yeah, no, I, I think many can relate, uh, but you, you know, you, you did it so well. You stayed the course, um, and that's a really hard thing to do. The other hard thing to do is that you know you you then went on to begin, as you said in your your background, you started pro bono activities at a nonprofit, right? Uh, that organizes space business conference. So you, you you know you realized not only that you needed to make a change, but that you also needed to kind of begin to credential yourself in this new area, right? It's really that now that's a career pivot, right? And, and you, you were doing that pivot sans, you know, a business school, you weren't kind of doing it through academia, you were doing it on your own. So you, you know, you started essentially working for free, you know, picking up some additional labor and, you know, gaining experience. And that's kind of how you, how you began. That is, you know, a lot more common than people think, right? There are internships, there are entry-level positions, there are, you know, but some careers are either so niche or so exclusive that they don't really have a defined pathway, right? Investment banking, consulting, they have defined pathways, right? And others, you know, become accessible through, you know, two-year MBA programs where they have this whole recruitment process built into them, right? But there are some fields, aerospace is one of them, the space that I'm in, venture capital is another one, where there's not really a defined track. There isn't a set of steps that you can follow. And if you follow these steps, step A, step B, step C, you get into, you know, and you work hard and you do well, you get into the career you want. That's not how it works, you know, in venture capital. And from what I'm hearing from you, it's not really how it works in aerospace engineering. So you felt felt like you really had to, you know, kind of start somewhere, you know, earn your uh, you know, kind of earn your place within that industry, gain some experience, some some contacts. Yeah, talk us through kind of starting to work pro bono. Was that the was what I'm saying? The game plan? Did you have another perspective on that? As you said, um, yeah, I wanted to do uh, what I really like, and uh, and uh, as you might uh, know, the aerospace industry in Japan is not uh, as big as in America. And uh, very related to uh, like national defense, so uh, it, the the market it, it also, is also very small. But uh, I found uh, uh, this pro bono activity, and uh, um, and uh, when I joined the pro bono activity, the commercial uh, business, uh, space business, is just was just uh, emerging uh, in Japan. So I thought uh, first I I thought uh, very interesting, but uh, at 
at the same time, I could uh, differentiate myself from someone uh, if I uh, gain knowledge in this domain. And uh, maybe it's a way to close to my dream. So and uh, I just uh, give, a t- give, it, give it a shot <laughs> for this pass. Honestly, I, I didn't think very well, but, but uh, I really had a passion uh, in aerospace. So I, I just wanted to try uh, something I, I really want to do. Got it. Got it. Really, really helpful. And so then kind of the, you know, so you're trying what you want to do, right? You're taking your first step towards the career you want to be doing. Uh, and and then you realize, right, that, you know, you're missing some comprehensive knowledge around the business side, right? That, you know, you're finally getting into the, the aerospace engineering and, you know, in a firm that's doing what you want to do in a job role that's doing what you want to be doing with job responsibilities that are, you know, within your um, technical skill sets, right? But then you saw some, some missing pieces on the, on the business side, right? So there you are, somebody with, you know, experience at IBM and Siemens, somebody who's taking on this, this, you know, pro bono work, somebody who already has a master's, right? But you sort of said, maybe I need a second master's in, in management, right? Maybe, maybe I don't have, you know, I have the technical skill sets, but I'm missing some of the, the business skill sets that I need. That's also a pretty big call, right? You, you know, to yeah. kind of see that and, uh, you know, call that out and act on that, right? It, it somebody, who, you know, who's going to act on that is somebody who wants to then take leadership in their role, right? So, so tell us about that you know, that thought process, did you, did you have any doubt, right? Um, now I've finally gotten into the work I want to be doing. I've already have a master's, you, you know, am, is it the right move to kind of step out of this world again and, and do more schooling and then, you know, kind of try to come back to it? Did you have any, any doubt about that? Did you have any mixed feelings about, about that second master's or did you kind of see clearly this is, this is the next step. I have to do this. I think uh, I I thought this is the light path, and uh, I I want to take a risk uh, for my dream uh, because um, uh, when I was working as a strategic consultant in uh, IBM uh, during um, discussion with a client, always uh, they ask. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, uh, in IBM I was uh, like. Uh, uh, technology strategy consultant. So, uh, main main domain is the uh, technology side, like uh, uh, IT uh, cloud or uh, how the uh, technology can improve the, the business uh, situation. Uh, but uh, uh, during the consulting project, they always ask the other side of aspect like uh, human resources or uh, finance or. Uh, other um, like uh, investment, uh, some uh, like a growth strat prediction. So uh, it it was very uh, uncomfortable for me uh, because I didn't have uh, solid knowledge. Uh, of course, uh, through the project, I could uh, learn something, but uh, I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to have a comprehensive knowledge for this. So that's why I. I started to uh, think uh, I need an MBA. 
But also another reason is that uh, through the pro bono activities, I could meet, uh, meet uh, a lot of entrepreneurs in space business. And uh, they are very um, lively and uh, strong passion in their business. And uh, I thought, I, I felt like uh, I, in the future, I would want to do, do the same thing. And uh, so, yeah, uh, at that time, I, I was not really sure either way of uh, uh, pursuing the consulting, uh, pursuing my career as a consultant or uh, as a uh, entrepreneur, like uh, launch my own company. But uh, either way, um, uh, MBA would work, would, work, uh, would help my, would help, uh, my dream uh, achievement. So that's why I, I felt uh, MBA. I, I never doubt uh, my path, path to MBA is like uh, Sounds good. Um, so we're going to get back to what you did after graduation from Solvay in a little bit. But since I'm going through this chronologically and mm-hmm. we're making kind of a stop on, on Solvay Business School, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more holistically about that you know, which business school, like why this school, why this degree, why this program, why, why then at that time, right? Uh, I think, as I recall, working with you directly, your dream school was MIT Sloan, right? But there were, you know, several major concerns that you had. And I think it'd be helpful for you to go through some of those concerns, because I think some of those concerns are shared very much, uh, you know, by a lot of the students that we work with. And, you know, so you started thinking through other pathways that led you to Solvay. So uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your, you know, the thought process around why, why that school, that degree, that program, and, you know, why not MIT? How did you think through that? So, uh, as you said, uh, my dream school was uh, MIT school, but uh, I really uh, struggled to uh, uh, during the MBA preparation uh, because, uh, at the time, I already moved to Belgium, and uh, that makes it more difficult for me to have an educational loan or like uh, get a scholarship because every scholarship program uh, support student in the country, uh, I mean the citizen in the country. But uh, I already left Japan, so I couldn't access those scholarships. Uh, also, uh, making loan is uh, difficult, uh, very difficult to do uh, in another country. So uh, the tu- <laughs> I couldn't afford the tuition. And also, uh, it was uh, the midst of the corona crisis. So even if I could uh, get the uh, permission, uh, whole classroom will be done online. So I was uh, uh, very hesitating uh, to go to the U.S. school. And yeah, and also uh, another one is a GMAT score. <laughs> it was uh, my, my fault, but uh, yeah. So considering all the factors, uh, then I was kind of feeling that I, I might... Uh, uh, waste my time just doing nothing, and uh, I didn't want. I didn't want to uh, just uh, spend my time for the preparation in MBA school, but actually I couldn't. Uh, 
so I, I really wanted to avoid the situation. So, and uh, if I look uh, around uh, my neighbors, there is a, a relatively famous uh, business school and a very affordable um, uh, tuition. So, why not <laughs> I, I try this school and uh, make, we, I can I can make a decision. No, MBA uh, study really is really worth doing or not. So yeah, that kind of uh, thinking process I, I had. Got it. No, that's 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 helpful. Uh, we we appreciate that. Uh, a lot of our students look at affordability when they're and and they should be looking at affordability, right? Uh, it, it's hard <laughs> to fall in love with a school and then have to change your mind, right? Because you can't afford it when, you know, to be honest, the cost is pretty well known up front, right? So that, that's a hard one, right? What's not known up front is what scholarships you might, you know, be eligible for, or what you might get. And, you know, it's also a challenge we have to work through, but, you know, it's something you want to really look at up, up front. Another huge issue, especially given the pandemic, uh, you know, geopolitical issues is traveling to the U.S., that's been a very difficult thing, getting visas, getting them on time, getting them, you know, signed off by the appropriate authorities and, and, and sponsoring bodies. So that, that, that's another tough issue, but something you really have to look at and, and, you know, be honest with yourself about and be reasonable as to what, what you think is, is going to be accepted. And then the GMAT score, right? GMAT or GRE, it's not required for every school. Uh, it's required for a lot of schools. I'd, I'd argue most schools, it's definitely a helpful component of your application. It's not the only component, you know, but getting scoring highly on these tests, you know, is, is, is critical and is, a, you know, really helps to, you know, show that you can handle the rigor of the, the program. So definitely something important. And I'm glad that, you know, you researched another path and, you know, found something that, you know, had the found solve that, you know, had a low, very low tuition uh, 6,000 euro, uh, you know, had something, you know, a master's in management that's similar, you know, to an MBA. So you get those core business schools, uh, you know, and could help give you kind of the missing pieces to be successful in, in your career. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. You know, you're kind of, you're in the school process now, right at Salve, uh, or not now, but, um, you know, in the, in the context of our conversation and, uh, you know, you did, you started to do some prep before school and then, you know, you acted on a, a number of different initiatives while you were at the school to make the most of it. And then, uh, you know, we're going to get to after school and, and where you went in, in, in just a minute shortly after that. But I'd like to know about the prep you did before school to be ready for it. And then what you did while at the school to m- make the most of the program. So the best thing is, Along the process uh, of MBA uh, was uh, like retrospective thinking of uh, what I really want to do. It's really uh, tough to do, but uh, at the same time, um, I really I had to uh, spend uh, a lot of time to find uh, I really what I really want to do, and uh, this is. Uh, I don't think I would do that uh, uh, without the MBA uh, preparation uh, because um, if I oh, con- con- if I continue to uh, work in the same company, I I would be always busy with the 
project or uh, work or task. And so I couldn't have such a precious precious moment or uh, a thinking process. So it, I think it, it's very good. Uh, it was very good to do to do in the process uh, during the process, uh, process. Got it. Understood and, and, and very helpful. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, English as not being a first language is a challenge with these tests that are in English, uh, preparing the essay. That's something that a lot of our students face and, you know, wanting to make the most out of the program. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know, real time from your life and from your career. And, it, you know, however much the tuition it still costs something, Right. So, you know, making making the most out of it, it seems mm-hmm. like you really got a very international, you know, approach here, choosing a school kind of in the center of Europe. Uh, and, and there was a lot of diversification there and, you know, networking mm-hmm. opportunities that were, were very valuable for you. Mm-hmm. OK, let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of after school. You had a decision then to make. Right. You graduated. Mm-hmm. You know, do you go back to your company? Do you go independent? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get back to the things you love in, in aerospace uh, engineering? You know, how did you how did you get back into the space industry after graduating? Um, so uh, during the MBA school, I continued the problem activities uh, still as a, like a volunteer. But uh, I tried to apply what I learned in business school, like uh, uh, how to uh, make a growth strategy for the organization or like uh, how to build a good team uh, in the uh, NPO uh, organ- uh, uh, non-profit organization. So I really, uh, um, um, no, no, I am um, uh, the, the CEO of the organization was uh, very happy uh, w- with uh, my, my, uh, uh, like, I don't know how to say, uh, what, what I did for them. So after the graduation, uh, they uh, hired me uh, as an independent consultant. So uh, <laughs> I was uh, very lucky, but uh, people cannot uh, predict anything, uh, everything, but uh, if uh, like uh, doing lighting and uh, try to do, like, try to do, um, something new, then the result might be more than you expected. So I was really <laughs> doubt, doubtful about this kind of, this kind of uh, way of thinking, but uh, actually it happened, so happened. So yeah, keep doing right thing is the uh, best thing to do, uh, I think. Yeah, it's difficult to weigh all of those you know, kind of priorities into, into one. Um, so I, I sympathize, I empathize with your, your decision there, but, you know, really glad that you found your way back to kind of what, what you most, what you most love. So let's talk about your question to me, uh, which is, um, you know, essentially what would I redo in my MBA journey if I could go back in time and what perspect, what advice or suggestions would I give to prospective students? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a really hard one. You know, my business school, you, you know, had a, a sort of orientation program of its own. Part of that orientation program was doing a, uh, you know, getting 
some advice on your own personal work style, uh, your own, uh, you know, preferences and, and what others think of you, uh, and, and, you know, being able to identify other personality types and work styles in other people. Uh, it's, it's sort of this, you know, kind of the psychological end of, of leadership. There weren't too, too many, you know, kind of courses or resources on that, but I, I think I wish that I spent more time focused on, on that piece, right? We got right into leadership and, you know, then all the prerequisite courses and all the elective courses, very easy to, you know, kind of get carried away with the rest of the courses in the program and be focused on finishing and getting into, into your next career step. I think it's, it's, it's easy to jump on that train and it goes by so quickly, but you know, if I, if I could have spent more time during that period when things were moving a little bit more slowly, right? Cause you are in school, it moves a little bit more slowly than even if, even though it moves quickly, right? It does move more slowly than life. It sometimes moves more slowly than your career. Uh, it's a time when you can really kind of stop and pause and reflect. I, I wish I'd put in a little bit more, you know, sort of hard work on both the theoretical and practical ends of, you know, identifying other people's uh, work styles and personality types and how best to manage those in the workplace from a leadership perspective uh, and really empower people to be doing their best and understanding what their best means. Because as I've gotten into multiple leadership positions beyond my MBA program, I see that play out in every day, um, you know, day-to-day business. Um, people can do great. People can get frustrated. They're imperfect beings. You know, and if, and if you're not able to, as a leader, you know, really foresee that, you know, the areas where they'll excel, the resources that they need to support them, you know, it, it can really make leading uh, and therefore your business's progress, you know, more difficult. Uh, so, you know, if I could have spent more time, I think I would have spent more time focused on, you know, that sort of psychological end of, of, of leadership. Uh, I think that's worth it. Uh, to seek the resources out in the business school program, I think it's it's worth it to um, you know seek those resources out external from the business program if um, you know if if you find them. So uh, you know I would uh, you know I would think that. What what about you? If I turn the question around, you know now you're on the other side of of your business school experience as well. What what would you have done differently? I if I could go back at the time, um, I. Would like to do. I'd like to spend more time to build a connection uh, through the uh, among the uh, student because at the time uh, I would say ninety nine percent of classroom was uh, done were done in online. But uh, uh, we still have a online too uh, to connect. Uh, uh, people, uh, so, uh, but uh, I was very hesitating to uh, contact uh, uh, new uh, student, uh, new new people, because I don't, I didn't see them in person, and uh, uh, it was kind of, it, it was nervous for me. But, uh, but uh, I think MBA is. Uh, MBA school is not just uh, uh, studying business uh, business things, but also um, building a connection around the world. So, and uh, my school was really uh, diversified in, in, in 
in, in any aspect like uh, uh, nationality or job uh, uh, job titles or ages. So uh, I should have done. Uh, I, I should have make more effort to build a, a good network in that school. But uh, yeah. Got it. Very much. Yeah. Very much agreed with you. Um, and networking so important. And during the pandemic, such a difficult thing, you know, to for, for many who have gone through this uh, to take the most and, and fullest advantage of, um, you know, just given, you know, some limitations and person to person interactions that are hopefully, hopefully starting to uh, resolve today. Dasuki, anything else you'd like to add for for our listeners, uh, for for our our viewers to hear? Uh, any any other uh, last words of advice? All good, but uh, uh, even if uh, my my advice is is uh, worse for them, but uh, I'm not sure my advice is uh, worse for everyone. But uh, even if uh, you don't go to like uh, your dream school, but still uh, the a lot of uh, surprises uh, uh, more than you expected uh, in your life. So give uh, uh, try uh, best thing you, that you currently have. So uh, it's uh, my uh, <laughs> advice <laughs> to or to people, someone uh, who's worried about their uh, school or future.